On this episode, we bring you the latest online happenings from the world of professional theatre and tell you the shows that we are putting in our musical Room 101. This is The Oddcast. Welcome to the Oddcast. My name is Kean O'Dowd, and you are listening to the show that brings you the latest news from Broadway, the West End, and the local musical theatre scene. To join me, as always, on this episode are my co-hosts, the illicit Daniel Ryan and Adam Trundle. Ooh, mysterious. I like it. I Exciting. What Intrigue. <laughs> Have you been up to? <laughs> Oh, uh, nothing, yeah. officer, I swear. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've been obeying the five kilometer limit. I have not gone outside. Please don't hurt me. Yeah. On second thoughts, I was going for that burger trip. Probably wasn't the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but you got into the papers. So we did. No such thing as bad publicity, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, we, um, we all have to be wary of the long arm of the law now and making sure that we are thoroughly obeying all of the restrictions, leading to Mm -hmm. plenty of time indoors. How would you rate your level of isolation-juiced insanity from scale of 1 to 10? Or 1 to screaming, clawing the walls is probably (laughs) most appropriate. Yeah, I think think using a number scale wouldn't even... Wouldn't even be no. appropriate for how how, lo- how how much the plot has been lost at this stage. It doesn't conform <laughs> to any normal scale that regular no. human beings would use. So on a scale like on a scale of one to ten, I'm probably like a a, a a pumpkin rolling its eyes while also sticking its tongue out. Like that's that's what we're at. I was going to say that I'm a Homer Simpson in the shinning. In that's the shinning, where I'm at. Yes, it's tough. It is tough, and there's not. It is tough. There's not really anything on the horizon that's kind of giving us that little bit of optimism we just don't know when it will end and we're forced into trying to keep an eye on online materials to entertain us yes indeed we are even they're feeling a bit like you know thin on the ground at this stage they are feeling a bit thin on the ground how how much how many more how many more ways can we see (laughs) things like as i keep calling them songs from a front room you know (laughs) (laughs) what new and exciting ways (laughs) <laughs> pretty much yeah it does wear a little bit thin like you realize how few musicals have had pro shots done on them when you realize that andrew lloyd Webber's the shows must go on is really scraping the bottom of the barrel now at this stage to try to find anything to stick on <laughs> yeah yeah i saw that as well they were like yeah but just just give us a couple of weeks we're just we're just getting some stuff together <laughs> Because they're because they're literally just like we've either got this bootleg copy of Cricket from 1986 or we have to find something new. <laughs> oh dear, it's not so hot, I'm afraid. Mm. I also noticed in a slightly different medium for musical uh, theater that the new musical, which had kind of skipped under my radar a little bit, Cinderella which the, the music's being written by uh, Camille Cabello, who, I don't know, uh, younger listeners will probably <laughs> be aware of. Um, but, I mean, it's got a great cast, you know, this movie. that It was originally meant to come out on the 5th of February. That's now being pushed back to July 16th. But it, it stars, obviously, Camille Cabello, Billy Porter, Adina Menzel, Pierce Brosnan, Minnie Driver, James oh. Corden. We'll skip over the James Corden one. But oh, yeah, Missy Elliott. Again, he's always in it, isn't he? He always finds a way. I think he's co-producing. I think that's his his hook into this. Yeah. But I'm very excited about the Pierce Brosnan mini driver combo there. I mean, they have <laughs> yeah, both they're playing some of the best. They're playing the king and the, the king best parts yeah. in movie musicals before because like Pierce Brosnan in Mamiya, I mean it's it's just pure fun. <laughs> it's yeah. just pure fun. That's a man living his dreams right there. And it's it's impossible. I don't care how good or bad a singer he is. I implore you to watch that again and not be grinning like an Egypt when you watch Pierce Brosnan singing. Here's the thing I'm going to say about Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia doesn't work with people who can sing. Because (laughs) Mamma Mia 
is effectively a staged version of you drunk at a karaoke bar. I was exactly <laughs> going to say that. I was like, those songs are sung by drunk women on hen parties. That's, yeah. that's like, who the cast should be. That's, like. that's it. And if you get a representation of the honesty of that on stage, you're like golden. But if you put somebody who actually can hit notes there, it's pathetic. <laughs> Because there's no room for showing off, Imam Mia. No room for egos. No, you know, no. get back in your it's, box, singers, and let the rest of us take over. <laughs> I think its essential joy is that it's a representation of like you and me on stage, or you and me on the film. You know, yeah, we're exactly. not broad Broadway singers, but we can have a good time. Exactly. If you want good about. singers, go next door to Les Mis. Yeah, if you want exactly. a good time, you go to Mamma Mia. Dead yeah. right. And those two are mutually exclusive as well. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite story about Pierce Brosnan, though, doing Mamma Mia is that it was shot at the same time on the same lot as they were making Casino Royale with, da- with Daniel Craig. <laughs> and there was like a day, I think that very the end of the movie, when they do Waterloo and they're all those wearing those outrageous outfits. And I think like they had to like walk between sets and it was while like the James Bond crew were like hanging around like between their <laughs> shoes as well. And you're just like, oh shit, geez, this yeah. is this is this is low now. This is a low point for me. Yeah. Like, He's like, like it's only been three home. years since I was last or, <laughs> or else he just turned around to Daniel Craig and is like, This is ahead of you. You'll you'll see. You'll learn. <laughs> you'll learn the hard way. Yeah. I'm excited for Daniel Craig and Mamma Mia three. So three, yeah. yeah. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Here we go again. Again, <laughs> but also Mini Driver, uh, to be fair, was had an incredible turn in the movie version of Phantom of the Opera, which was yeah, she did not a very good movie, but she was yeah. hilarious in it as Carm whatever that Lotta. Carlotta. I was like <laughs> Carmela, <laughs> not, not Carmela, Carlotta, Caramello. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I remember Caramellos. Yeah, yeah, I'm just hungry for a bit of chocolate. <laughs> I think they still exist. Of course, it's not the first movie that she's been in uh, with Pierce Brosnan. Goldeneye, of course. Of course, she yeah. was in. Oh, yes. Now, now we're going down a mini driver trivia route. Which I mean, I, it's a it's about time. It's about I mean, we time are actually just getting back to our James Bond musical idea from a couple of episodes yeah, ago. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got your hopes up that there was a Bond musical coming with all of the Bond themes as the songs, which would make no sense. It, it would make no sense. Like, like, how would you fit a narrative around those songs? Because they're all just introduction songs to James Bond. <laughs> so much exposition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be a bit like Cats. Whereas just everyone introduces themselves, except it's just James Bond introducing himself over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> or like assassins, oh. you get the actors to play each of the different James Bonds. <laughs> no, that's not yeah. a bad idea. That's not Patent a bad pending. idea. Patent pending. <laughs> so we do have to wait a little bit longer for the Cinderella musical movie. One other thing on the local front that we do have to wait a little bit longer for is... The Odd Theatre Company's production of the last five years. Sadly, Dan. Yeah. So because of level five restrictions, we were meant to be on on the 16th of January online, but we are now on, on the 20th of March online. So if you are interested, and you should be, I'd encourage you to visit riverbank.ie and uh, get your tickets. Very reasonably priced at 15 quid to see uh, a talent as luxurious as Dan. Oh shucks! But also correct, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure Keelan won't be bad either. Oh yeah, no, she's great too. She's great too. <laughs> that goes without saying. I have to validate myself all the time. So, no, I am. I, I, yeah. Please, please. Everyone knows Keelan's brilliant. It's yeah. me. I'm. I'm the one. I'm the question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you could send your emails validating Dan for his own <laughs> to the oddcast at oddtheatre.com or send him an uplifting message at Facebook or Instagram at the oddcast by odd theatre. <laughs> that brings me to the feature of today's episode because what the main event. I want to talk about, seeing as we can't see anything at the moment, we might as well trash the things that we never want to see again. No time at the present. So like, when we can, when we can see something again, don't even think about showing me this. Here's the premise. I think everybody's familiar with. Is it the BBC show Room One Hundred and One? It's BBC or ITV yes. or whatever. Yeah. 
I only ever see it on Dave, but you know. Yeah, I was gonna say like it could well have been bought by Dave by now, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they should have renamed Groundhog Day Dave because everything's on repeat. <laughs> but they, uh, the whole premise of it is that you take something that you just really annoys you and you stick it in the room 101 vault and i think it's a nice juxtaposition to where we were last week because we spoke about shows that we really love that nobody does certainly in ireland and that we would love to see on stage and we're encouraging societies to take a look at yeah we were way too positive last time like, it was, yeah, <laughs> it, it was an issue. It obviously went against the grain of our natural personalities, um, and mm-hmm. so was therefore a struggle to produce as an episode. A return to cynicism. Yeah, a return to cynicism, I think, is welcome. Uh, I think what people want at this time is something downbeat. <laughs> so, so in that spirit, we pick one show each that we just want to slate. Stick in room 101 and let it never see the light of day again. Yeah. So we let off with... I started last time, so I'm happy for someone else to take the gauntlet. Yeah, so why change things? Adam, what do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What what do you want to stick in the musical room 101 and why? I have decided not to go for a single show. And I have decided to to take out a, a whole category of shows so i have a genre if you will a genre yeah which is cowboy musicals so cowboy musicals i think we're all familiar with are are these now written by cowboys (laughs) or are do you mean they're one featuring cowboys because we know all know there are some cowboy composers out there (laughs) just (laughs) snake oil salesmen when it comes to music cowboys ted yeah. <laughs> no, I do mean musicals featuring cowboys mm. as opposed to written by cowboys. I suppose cowboys and cowgirls, cow people, you know. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Be inclusive if you can. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so obviously the the kind of chief offender in this category is Oklahoma. <laughs> the ringleader. It's 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 the ringleader. It's, it's the leader of the pack. <laughs> I mean, I mean I love Oklahoma. I do. But I don't think the Irish amateur circuit needs five or six productions of it a year. And I think it is time for Oklahoma to take a holiday into Room 101. And we might, if everybody plays along and puts it away, we might let it back out in a couple of years. And why do you want to see the back of Oklahoma? Because I think it's a... I mean, other than the fact it's it's obviously quite an abusive story, it has it has certain niceties in terms of its music. Yeah, I mean, they are some of the best musical theatre songs ever written, no question. Uh, and Well, I'll question that, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, if you can find me a better, like, love duet that's funny than people will say we're in love. Well, humorous, I'll say, rather than funny. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fully funny, it's, it's just, just like, humorous, uh, you know. It's just, just a mild chortle. Cute, you know, sweet. <laughs> or, like, come on, Oklahoma itself, that song is class. Oklahoma, the song itself, I'll give you. But I don't want to see shows anymore where I know every word of every song and know every line of dialogue. (laughs) That sounds like a you problem now. Hold on, hold the phone here. I'm in control of Room 101 in in this segment, (laughs) and I want to get rid of it. Let me tell you what I think's happened. You've done done the amateur, made the amateur decision. You've stuck the song Oklahoma as your ringtone. Or your worse, your alarm tone. You're now sick to death of it, and you just can't bear it anymore. And you have to inflict that on everybody else. <laughs> God, that'd be a hot, an awful way to wake up. I mean, the like the obvious choice is, oh, what a beautiful morning. Come on, that's how you want to wake oh, up. Oh, what a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in fairness to Oklahoma, right? If we take the spotlight off it, it's not the only cowboy musical, and it's kind mm. of guilty by association here. I mean, like okay. the real, like the real crux of the issue here is Calamity Jane, Annie Get Your Gun, and you know, Painter Wagon. Like those are the ones that. Painter, that why are you going after Painter Wagon? Are you taking like, on what has Lee Marvin done to you? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just something about, something about cowboys and the whole aesthetic. Just, I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with you. me. Just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to psychologically get to the bottom of this. Like, what happened? <laughs> 
as a as a young man, were you in a production of Oklahoma and you were cast as Cord Fucking Elam? Is that what this is? <laughs> um, no, actually, uh, that is not. I, yeah, I have no idea what it is about cowboys mm. that just I just don't want to see them anymore. Um, like there are some cra- like just to switch focus from Oklahoma. There's some cracking songs now in Calamity Jane. Like yeah. the Deadwood stage. Like Black Hills of Dakota is a classic. Y- yeah. I know it I know it goes on for the entirety of the length of the Ben Hur movie. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's it's a classic one. Yeah, that's the same problem. It's like I don't want to see the same thing again. I want to see mm. something slightly different. Yeah, and, and, and Calamity Jane, for those two good songs, okay, three if you add in the Windy City. Like, there's not a lot else going on in that. Yeah. Okay. It's there's not a lot else. I, like, I, re- <laughs> I really shouldn't be defending this too much because <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Not my, it's not my favorite show either. And I mean, but, Any Get Your Gun only has anything you can do, I can do better. That's it. Okay, right. I'm going to stop you there, okay? <laughs> any Get Your Gun is a great show. Sure, anything you can do is probably the only one that's become a really big musical standard except for there's no business like show business <laughs> which you're completely forgetting about uh, that's right i'm completely forgetting that stonking tune yeah it sounds like it's, even though we forgot it it sounds like it's still going in the room though <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i forgot it still going in yeah it's Ir- I mean, irving berlin it's real it's good like it's yeah, like, going is good but like no business like show business has no business being in a cowboy musical. <laughs> oh, like that show, like that song is pure 1920s, 30s, Tin Pan Alley. Like why are cowboys singing it? <laughs> that is a fair point. Like, that is like, a fair point. You can shove that into any other Irving Berlin. Like that should be in Holiday Inn. Like, like that should be the opening number to Holiday Inn. It makes sense. Because they, actually, they, they would, it, would, it would actually it would actually really work in Holiday Inn as well. Yeah, like, yeah. actually, it so, actually would really work. So that's usually what they do when they end up taking older shows or sorry, older musicals, um, be they stage or movie, and updating them. And they decide, yeah, I'm just going to take a load of other songs that they've written and stick it into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I I, I just that's, think that's what they did with um, an American in Paris, which was like a 1953 Vincente um, Minnelli film. Yeah, it's just take a load of Gershwin stuff and stick it into it. I think that's the third time they've done that with Gershwin stuff because they did it for Crazy for You and for Nice Work if you can get it. Like, like, he must have just had, um, they must have found his house and there must have been like two attics full of music that they were like, (laughs) we're going to make bank off this. Like, yeah, exactly. That's Uh, it. What's that one from Crazy for You? Um, They can't take that away from me. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, I think that's in every one of those shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, uh, like, it is like, definitely in an American in Paris as well. I don't know whether it's in um, <laughs> a nice work if you can get it, but I. <laughs> I mean, let's just say it is proved. Like you know, until until I'm proven wrong, let's just say yeah. But actually, speaking of crazy few, is that on the? Is that going in the room? Because there's cowboys in that, Adam. So the criteria yeah. is: are the majority of the characters wearing cowboy hats for the majority of the show? That's the criteria. So for that okay. reason, Seven yeah, Brides nice. for Seven Brother, so like like while they are like in the Wild West, frontiersmen, they're not wearing cowboy hats, so they're safe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strange logic, but it holds. So crazy would, for you. I would, yeah. I would hate. I would hate to be the lawyer trying to defend this in a court. Like there's just so <laughs> many, there's so many loopholes and ways yeah. around this. Like, but like, what is the fundamental objection to cowboys? I feel there's a certain weakness in the premise here. i think you're just like you're cobbling together a couple of old musicals that you're going oh i'm just sick to the back teeth of looking at people dancing around the stage in spurs and cowboy hats and i'd like to see them do something more modern and that you do think that the cowboy and the farmer should be friends i think they should be friends make amends and retire to pastures green and leave us all alone for a few or years. pack I mean, it all up, move to the big city. Jar <laughs> in 42nd Street. That's, it. That's ultimately what you want. Yeah, I just don't understand yeah. why Calamity Jane thinks that there's no place like Deadwood and that Illinois is better. It's clearly wrong. Chicago is clearly better. Okay. And like Will Parker even talks about how good Kansas City is. It's clearly better. Just move there and stay there. <laughs> okay, now I'm starting to understand it. 
Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're, you're a town mouse who hates the country. <laughs> and you, you want all of these bumpkins, these rubes, <laughs> to pack in their stories about life in rural America. And you just want to focus on the glitz and the glamour. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Now, you've, at least I got to the, at least the... I understand. <laughs> we've got to the crux of the issue. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I think I think I think you get a lot of support from many people right around the country for tossing these into room 101. I think there's a, every every if you were to name those three to people in any musical society, they'd be like, oh Jesus, not that. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus. Not again. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, yeah. so so I think I think you you'd get the popular vote. Yeah, and I mean I'm not throwing away the key. They can come back out of Room 101 once we've all, you know, had a break. Okay. Maybe. All right. Good behavior. Dan, Dan, okay, here we go. Are are we going to to allow cowboy musicals to slip into Room 101? Oh, you guys have to vote. I wasn't aware of this. Yeah. (laughs) Thank God. I was actually, I was wondering wondering if you're going to veto this or not. Um, I don't know. I'm like, I, I think I like them. I do, I, I do, I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty ambivalent to the idea of of the concept of cowboy. I'm like <laughs> I, I don't really it's I don't want to say I don't care, but I don't care. Yeah. Um but well if you don't care then I do. They ain't going in room 101. Okay. All right? Yeah, They're I'll not go going. with that. You you haven't made a strong enough case. You're basically heavily prejudiced against the American countryside. That's what this is about. <laughs> Yeah, and I I don't think that that's a solid enough reason to ditch what are let's face it pretty good tunes. Okay, straight, okay, hold on. Uh, straight Back out to the coal mine and with you. You would get you would get rid of <laughs> <laughs> you would get rid of society's opportunity to get a reliable payday by staging <laughs> Calamity Jane and actually having more people in the door than they would get in their you know fantastic production of. Oh, I don't know. Let's say you're in town. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Dan, what do you got for me? What do you want to slip into room 101, never to return? Well, I'm not attacking a a genre or a category. I'm going just, I'm going straight in just for one musical, one musical alone. Yeah. Hot take, buckle up. The musical I want to put into room 101 is Sister Act. What? Sister Act. I mean, what? Sister Act, the musical. Sister Act. Sister Act. Yeah. Get it out of here. Get it out of here. Okay. Wasn't expecting no that. I um, mean, if Oklahoma is a sacred cow, like, what is Sister Act? <laughs> it's the high priestess. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like so, so, well, I mean, that's about, that's about 10 societies gone a year. Yeah, they're gonna to have to rethink. They're gonna to have to redo. Look, so let's let's get many. one thing. Let's get one thing straight here, okay? Mm-hmm. So you want to put in Room One Hundred One a musical that what had its had its professional premiere like ten years ago? Yep. Yep. You're sick of it already. Sick to the back teeth of it. If you've seen it <laughs> once, you've seen you've seen it. Give me your case. Okay. Okay, well, first of all, first and foremost, and we've talked about this before in the podcast, Sister Act, the musical, is yeah. not a musical version of the film. True. Which is baseless, lying, it's flagrant false advertisement. <laughs> yeah. Because you go along and you expect to see, like, all the stuff that you loved, all the songs that you love in the movie. I will and, like, follow all him. The fun, yeah. I will follow him, all that stuff, and you don't see a single one of them. Yeah. You get some, you know, Alan Menken... Like you know, hokey uh, Disney t- crap. Exactly, yeah. not quite Disney, you know, because it's not a full blown Disney title. It's just Touchstone Pictures that they bought, so they don't care about it. <laughs> he didn't care about it. Then, so like that's the first thing which I don't like. Mm. Then, in doing that, while we're here on talking about music in the show, so the if you listen to the Broadway and the London recordings of it, there are several songs that are brilliant in that version that you don't get to do if you do it as an amateur version. Like, what is it? It's good to be a nun. And then, but the actual version of it in the real, in the professional version is like How I Got the Calling, which is a much better song. The lyrics are far, 
funnier. And the one that you get to do as an amateur just feels like one that they wrote at like half five on a Friday being like, well, for some, and for some, why are you changing it? Why is it not available? What's why does somebody own who owns the rights to one song about being a nun? It makes no sense. There's another song that they get to do in the bar that all like, you know, who people who aren't nuns, but like would be in the bar scene. That that's cut from the amateur version. Well, you can't do that. So you're taking an entire song away from like people who probably don't have a huge amount to do in the show in the first place. So mm, anyway, so that's the point. That's the first one that really pisses me off. False advertising. False advertising. I always stickler for false advertising. (laughs) Then, you know, it's uh, it's in the title, you know, Sister Act. It's it's all about, you know, it's only good if you've got like a big group of women. And what is the most precious resource available to musical societies across the country? Men. And you're just being like, sorry, men, we don't need you now. And men will remember that. And they'll be like, they'll be like, goodbye. That's the last time you'll ever see me around here. And... I just think you can't be can't be that flagrant and just you know the, the women and people make their claim. Oh, I'm interested. Shows like I'm, I'm interested <laughs> in your thought that uh, you believe that musical theater might cater too much to, <laughs> to or not enough to men. Yeah. <laughs> Or think more about the men, and I know, <laughs> and I know. There's people out there thinking like, "Oh, but sure, the producers is all for men." There is far more for women in the producers than there is for men in Sistract. And having done Sistract, I could, I know that for a fact. <laughs> well, there are, I think, six male principal parts in Sistract. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Grand. Cool. And you come on for two songs, and you sit in the dressing room for about an hour and forty minutes in between. Grand. <laughs> Then also, I don't know, speaking this feels like of, a shaking out argument now. <laughs> speaking of male parts, then uh, coming back to the bit about not being like the movie, they like throw in some like made up, jumbled like love story between her and a cop. Like that's not it. Nobody mm-hmm. asked for that. No yeah. one asked. For nobody that. asked. Nobody. That. Nobody was looking for that. Nobody cares. Like that's about a half an hour of stage time that could have been given over to like nun banter and stuff, <laughs> and it just ruined. So, yeah, so they're they're like the banner headline anyway. And also, I just don't see like the one thing like we didn't. And I'm happy that we didn't let the cowboy musicals go into Room 101 because they're old shows and there's something you could do something different with them. I do not see how you can do anything different with Sister Act. You can't like it has to be about nuns. It has to be about nuns being in a, at a boring old convent and then this one crazy nun comes in and like shakes the whole thing up. You can't like do a gritty urban take on that and be like, oh, they weren't like all part of, like they're not nuns in a mm. convent. They're nuns somewhere else or some malarkey like that. I, like if you've seen it once, you've seen it. End of story. Like the note, it's never going to change. And I know they tried to do something different with the tour version of it where the nuns played their own instruments. And by the sounds of it, it what? was shit. So don't try. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. You see and they people try, paid they money to Oklahoma that. Revival Sister Act. I don't know what or they more did like to it, but Oklahoma it didn't work. Revival tried the Sister Act itself because I imagine that tour was before the Oklahoma <laughs> Revival. <laughs> oh my exactly. God. Uh, so yeah, just it it can't be done any differently. So therefore, if you've seen it, like you, if you've seen it once, like that's it. You don't like nobody's and nobody's going to do anything different yeah. or crazy with it. I kind of agree with you, Dan. And also, I I I think if you were going to do it, why haven't you done it by now? Like every society in the country did it in twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. I mean, Jesus, yeah. Like, like I think another fair point. Like in our Ames episode, we talked about there was one year where four of the six best actress nominees were for people playing Dolores in different productions across yeah. Gilbert and, and like that, that was a mental year. And people do be saying like, oh, like you know, every year when it's like, and they haven't if they haven't done it, they're like, oh, I hope it's that. And I'm like, why? Why do you hope it's that? <laughs> like, what? Like, what? what? What 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 do you think you're gonna do with it? Like you know, like that's like that's just copying somebody else's fun times. Like, oh, they don't like they were having fun. I'm just gonna do that myself. I was like, no, better yourself than that. Take something different. Do something fun with it. Make your own fun. Stop just trying to rob it from other people. <laughs> okay, like, have a fun time. I'm feeling like I was so much less passionate about my pick that like 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 Dan is yeah. incensed. I'm I'm afraid to just to try and keep it out of room. I don't understand. Like I just don't understand. Like people talk about it. Like and it, it, like it is a fun. Like I, here, don't get me wrong. It is fun to watch. I'm totally there. I'm 100 <laughs> there. And I'm like if you put it on and you're my friend, I will go and see you in it. Don't worry mm. about that. I will be there. But like reluctantly. <laughs> just like, 
just be like, ah, oh, it's, it's done. We're done with it. Like, and I know it's not even 10 years old, but we're done. It has been done to absolute death on yeah. the circuit. It has been yeah. done to absolute death. And there are some things I agree with you there. I mean, like the relationship between Eddie and Dolores is completely forced and unnecessary. Like there are the addition of Joey and TJ and Pablo really doesn't add much to it at all. Like Pablo, Pablo's whole bit is that he speaks funny. (laughs) And apparently he speaks funny because he is Spanish or Mexican, which is Mm. like the stupidest way to get a laugh ever in a show. Yeah. That kind of sounds like Ali Hakim to me, Keen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except you didn't bring that up when you were making the play. Yeah. I might have agreed with you on that one, but apparently that one wasn't worth mentioning at the time. Objection, we've moved on. But, but, but just to counter um, counteract <laughs> some of what you said, Dan, I mean, it is a, gr- sorry, it is a great show for women because it ha- and it's a great show for chorus. Because you have a lot of great parts, lady chorus. Great, a lot of great parts for women. You've, you, you, you've a lot of you've a great chorus section, and there's some really, really good songs in it, like "Fabulous Baby," "Take Me to Heaven," "Raise Your Voice," "Raise Your Voice." They are really good songs. I mean, it's not universally brilliant. Do a concert then. (laughs) (laughs) Do a. Or if they are do or these days, like do a do a video recording of it. Record yourself from home, you know. Don't be forcing me to don't be charging me. Don't be charging me for shit I've seen before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that could be said for every musical ever, but still. <laughs> but in, in, in this case, it would be applied only to this one. <laughs> I don't I I don't know if it, I don't know if we can take this away that soon. I don't think every society has gotten that wants to do this has gotten to do this. And but I'm telling them that they need to reassess their like wants and needs. <laughs> like what you think people want to see is not always what people want to see. That's or, all. Or I'm what saying. they need to see, and I get that. I get. That. <laughs> you you do have to do a little <laughs> bit of editing for people to kind of bring bring the horse to water, as it were. But yeah, <laughs> I just it feels way too soon to put this in room 101. Pro, it has its flaws for sure, but. I think we need a bit more time to truly get sick of it. I'm tempted yeah, to keep it out it. just so that I'm not the loser of this challenge. Oh, come on. But I, at the same time, agree with a lot of Dan's point. I mean, I do think it is a great fun of a show to do. But mm. at the same time, you should have had that fun by now because everybody and his mother has done the show. If you haven't, if you either had fun doing it or you had fun watching it. But it's not going to be. There's going to be no more or less fun in if the roles are reversed. Yeah, in ten years' time, bamboozle. I, I don't know if I'm thoroughly convinced. Adam, do you have strong feelings about this? I don't have very strong feelings because I really enjoyed watching Sister Act the three times I think I've seen it, which says a lot considering it's only been available for a few days. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I, I've enjoyed it every time I've seen it as well. So maybe that means that I should vote against. I think it means that you should put it in because you're kind of like, oh yeah, I've been a tick boom. <laughs> Check that one no, I'm keeping back. it out. I'm keeping it out. Unless, think... unless Adam's coming back and t- taking a really strong stance on this. <laughs> so you're relying on like me. If, 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 you're, if, you're telling, if you're telling me that under no circumstances would you countenance leaving it out to roam around the country for another year, then fair enough. Like, I, <laughs> like Adam, you've seen it three times. I mean, like, I think that's it's enough. Three times in like five years. And I, I very nearly saw it twice in one week, only for lockdown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it is a show that, like you say, Dan, false advertising, it oversells how much fun it is. I think can't it can't it can't, it can't do any it can't do any. I think it can't live. It's it, done. All it it do can't possibly live up to the expectation people have of it when when they're going to do it. They're like, this is going to be the greatest theatrical experience of my days. This is going to be yeah. just the most fun I've that ever is, had. And that is an excellent point. I am saving it from itself. And <laughs> the hype is too big. The hype is too much for it to handle right now. It can only like it can only self combust. And just implode inward on itself and suck all of us in with it. So I'm saying I'm not only saving it, I'm saving you. 
I think that I will send it in, but I will give it the next aim season to do its lap of honors goodbyes. I think we can tie a rope around its waist, you yeah. know, and then toss it in. I think you know, if like like a vending machine <laughs> when you put a string around a coin and you pull it back out, so you don't actually it doesn't cost you anything. I think if you missed out on doing your production of Sister Act um for whatever reason over the past couple of years and it was, you know, on your to-do list for as soon as we get back on stage, we're doing Sister Act. I'm not gonna take that away from you. But if you haven't by now chosen to do Sister Act, you really shouldn't. I'm taking that choice away from you and putting it in Room 101. So it's in Room 101 fine. with fine. a one-year farewell tour. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's going It's going in just about. Guaranteed. Yeah. Just Guaranteed about. it's going to be like Cher's farewell tour and that'll go on for like 40 years. <laughs> but who cares? <laughs> yeah. yeah, take that, Sister Act. Well, Keen. What do you what do you what do you want to toss? What's getting the t- log toss into the room one hundred and one from you? I'm taking a show that has so many unwarranted critical plaudits. It's sickening. <laughs> this is this is a show that won the Tony for best musical, best score, best book, won the Pulitzer Prize for drama, oh. and all of it was completely undeserved. Oh my god. Oh wow. It oh is my. a darling okay. of reviewers everywhere. And mm. it is the Marvin Hamlish monstrosity, a chorus line. Oh, oh that my. That is an incredibly so, controversial choice. So do t- yeah. Right. That's, that's contra. I love I love the drama, love the energy. Okay. Tell me more. Let me let me tell and here's the thing. I was in a chorus line. I played Zach in a chorus line. I know the show pretty well. And I think what irks me about a chorus line, first and foremost, is is one of those classic Broadway stories of Broadway salivating over Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) What could be more engrossing than telling ourselves stories about ourselves and how important we are and how important what we do is. So it is just replete with this sort of self-aggrandizing nonsense. It essentially is kind of like Seinfeld. It's it's a, it has no story whatsoever. <laughs> it's about nothing. It has no arc. It has a series of anecdotes that are designed to be entertaining, but only manage it on a handful of occasions and forces you to sit through this sop and whinging about people's slightly sad childhoods like, <laughs> and their like poor they life actually choice. matter. So for those yeah. of you who don't see it, right, the story follows this tough Broadway director, Zach, who needs to cast four guys and four girls for his upcoming Broadway show. That's the premise of it. And he's auditioning them. And you go, fine, this could be entertaining. I'm sure he'll put them through loads of dance numbers and he'll get them to do loads of audition pieces and it'll be great. No. Instead, <laughs> like some quack Sidman Freud wannabe, he decides that rather than check whether they can actually do the job, whether they can actually sing and dance, no, I'm going to psychoanalyze them for 90 <laughs> minutes and that will determine whether they can actually be in my show or not. It is completely bonkers. And for something that's sort of designed as this realistic assessment of you know what broadway is really like and what casting is really like it's <laughs> bananas it's nothing it doesn't even remotely resemble it and every character in it is this like they're so cliche they could be on the street fighter roster list like <laughs> like you know you you've mike he's the jock from the bronx you know the you've sheila streetwise you know closed off joker you're like wow i wonder if she'll open up later and like (laughs) and there are other ones that are so like connie connie's gag is that she's short yeah um you know you've you've baby like this like super enthusiastic newcomer and the store the the show basically treats everybody who's not from new york like they're leaning over a half door with a straw in their mouth. Like they've, they literally know nothing about anything and they've just stepped off the Greyhound bus and they're here for the first time. And everything is just super cliched. 
Like, and other parts of it are completely nonsensical. Like Such as? Chris, Christine DeLuca, right? So, yeah. Zach at the start of the show, he's like, I need people who can dance. I need people who can sing. What does she do? She monologues at him for five minutes about how she can't sing. Is that how you think you're yeah. going to get the job? Weird how she even got that far. Like. And it has completely... Thro- like, Al, Al, Al's entire description of his character in the script is that he is Christine's husband. And he seems to, he <laughs> seems to serve no function, only then providing some kind of emotional support for her crumbling sense of self-worth at every audition she goes to. That's and, about it. And the whole... The whole thing. There, are, I'm, I'm not going to say that there aren't some. Like Diana Morales is a well-written character. Like Val's thing about you know Dance Ten looks three about getting plastic surgery to try to increase her chances. Some of those are quite well-written. Some of those are quite engaging. I'm not saying that the whole thing is complete <laughs> and utter trash, but for for something that puts itself out as this, you know. Gritty, realistic, pulling back the curtains and taking a look at at what Broadway is uh, like. It just fails spectacularly, and it manufactures so much tension for in in a really cynical way. So Cassie turns up. Cassie is is Zach's former uh, lover, yes. and it's that that storyline goes nowhere. It does nothing. <laughs> It is simply exists to manufacture artificial tension in the piece, which is completely unnecessary to the actual story because <laughs> nothing happens with that relationship. They go on and they have a fight at one point in the scene, but it doesn't affect anything. <laughs> it does like that. That doesn't determine whether she gets the part or doesn't. And again, very, very cynical. The story starts to really drag in the second half and they're like, do you know what we're going to do? we're going to put in an abuse storyline. So Paul's going to talk about abuse. And again, it's so cynical because all it's done in the second half of the show, it's introduced just to get us to feel that bit of empathy when he <laughs> injures himself at the end. That's all it does. So we're not really meant to feel anything about him until the show tells us this guy is going to have some trouble at the end and we just want you to feel this way towards him. And we're going to introduce this story at like it's just oh painful i feel painful. there's a lot of there's a lot of right there's a lot of like 90 degree turns and you're just like where why like why is that why is that the a amount thing? of just throwaway characters in it is what bugs me you know when it's <laughs> when it's all about when it's all about trying to get delve into the real and i'm using inverted commas here real stories <laughs> of broadway actors for every Paul or Val or Diana, there's like there's like Greg who who's there just to be the super sassy gay guy. Yeah. Like, that's his function in the show. And it's it feels so superficial at times the way it juxtaposes cheap laughs over nothing to things which are kind of reasonably heartfelt vignettes. It's just <laughs> it's just bl- like like, do what you say you're going to do. I have never heard as impassioned and in-depth an analysis in a chorus line. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard all of your points. Very well made. A little bit insane, but, you know, hey. I feel like I was bubbling up inside <laughs> you since our production of a chorus line. <laughs> it was, it was, no, it was <laughs> gnawing away at me. But, it was gnawing away at me. Yeah. I feel better now, though. I mean, maybe if I'd said that to Zach in an audition, I'd feel better too. <laughs> and yet I remain, I remain completely unchanged in my opinion. That show is so good. <laughs> I oh, well. still, I'm just like, every song in that show to me is class. Like, like without any real exceptions that I can think of, I l- really like every single song in that show. And yeah, the story is a bit flimsy in that there isn't one. It's just a bunch of people say, hello, I am so-and-so and I am sad because it's it's essentially the X Factor, you know, as a musical. So they have, here's my sobby backstory, please cast me. And then they sing a class song and then they all do a class dance number. <laughs> yeah. And then it's kind of like, 
yeah, okay, fine, boohoo. I mean, I don't like when you try to listen to the soundtrack of it, and if you put it on shuffle, you get dropped into the middle of Montage 3. That's very irritating. <laughs> I, would admit, I would admit that. I also, you know, when we did it, I didn't get a full solo, so I'm also not, like, yeah. bitter. I don't have the, all the warm fuzzies towards it, but... um. And I think the song one is a bit overrated. Like everyone goes on about something like, oh, you cannot be more wrong. The bit where it goes, that build up is incredible. Go Titans. That's what that fucking sounds like. No, it's so good. That's every football. That's every football cheer. Like, so. Yeah. And I really, it's a fantastic one to be a part of. Like, it's really great to be in. Um, particularly if you love the dancing, but could I say if I went to see it, would I fully enjoy it? I don't know. I, the the Keens made a lot of excellent points there. You know, like it is essentially a wanker trying to cast eight wankers. <laughs> from a line of wankers like. Oh, and you just can't really look beyond that one if you know, not without not without three or four glasses of wine in you, then you might be able to go. But like you know, if you come in from a day at work, you're like. Mm. okay like it's yeah. trivial it's like oh aren't we so important we're from broadway but like like once you if if you accept a conceit that like this is their livelihoods and it's really important to them it doesn't need to be important to the rest of us but it's important to them and you follow the you know like it's not one story it's like however many in the chorus lines are 19 people like which is too many but there's 19 people it's 19 kind of separate concurrent stories but if I don't care about you and you don't make me laugh, well, see, then what are you? What are, what are you doing? But the great me? thing is, every time you watch it, you can focus on a different person. <laughs> the thing that irks me about every show about Broadway <laughs> is that working on Broadway or working in musical theatre is treated as though it's some kind of world-changing vocation. <laughs> that it is a tragedy for the world when somebody doesn't get to get a job dancing in the third line of some show that's going to close after six performances <laughs> so instead you're like okay your career in theater didn't work out lots of careers in lots of places don't work out go become an actuary you'll probably do more good in the world you will probably do more good in the world really as an actuary they're not to me the pillars of <laughs> hey how's how's the insurance they do, they do industry going to work that's what i want to know yeah. how's it going to function they're doing God's work. They're yeah, doing, exactly. Everyone's favorite industry. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'll tell you what, the only reason any of us are able to put on any shows any year is because we have public liability insurance made possible by the work of actuaries. Okay. Where is Actuary so, the musical? That's what I want to see. Have we picked up a sponsor I'm not aware of? The Oddcast, brought to you by Acme Actuaries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was, I was I, going I, to get to the big reveal at the end, but you spoiled it. I don't know. I just, like, all of your points are valid. Like, if you sit down and think about it really logically about, like, the story, it, it really has no weight mm. whatsoever. It has all this fake weight. You know, and, and as a, you know, as a piece of theatre and as a piece of writing, it, it doesn't hold up. But as a, like someone sitting in the audience enjoying a 90-minute piece of music, effectively, because there's very little of it that there's not music either underscoring or it's it's fully sung or danced. Mm. And like like you're talking about Cass's argument, and yeah, it's it, it's it's shoehorned in there because like, like we don't know they have a history until like then in the show really it's like hinted at but you don't actually find out until like a, like an hour into the 90 minute show but like the dance she does when she sings solo like it's just so good that music is so good and i i just yeah okay the music is good i can't take that away from it <laughs> marvin hamlich can say they can't take that away from me and he's right they can't <laughs> okay the music is good but great and this is the thing i always think about a little bit how I feel about chess as well. Ooh. Like a great score can't save a book that's not engaging. Yeah. And mm. Fair point. Fair point. I think it's the contrivance. I think that's what annoys me about this show. <laughs> I just think it's the really contrived and cynical way things are done and the sort of cliched way things are done that, that gets me. Because mm. I wouldn't be so annoyed about it if it was honest about what it was. But mm. I think that it's trying to say that it's this 
totally transparent view of Broadway and that it's these and it 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 builds itself when it came out. I think it's 72. It builds itself when it came out as being based on the real stories of Broadway actors. And that is true. That is true. Michael Bennett, who directed the piece, went in and collected all of these stories from dancers and choreographers that he knew, paid them a dollar, by the way, for them. (laughs) Now, they they did get some more money in royalties later, but that's a whole other mess as well, (laughs) because the people who contribute... There's a, there's a very good argument to say that the people who contributed their stories to this and that actually formed the plot of it were never really appropriately compensated for doing so. But the fact that all of those stories were taken and transformed into really two-dimensional cliche characters <laughs> I think is a bit difficult to swallow. So that's me. I don't know. I, I feel like there's, there's a vast gulf in the amount of thought that was put in to these different suggestions for room 101 i'm just like cowboys never liked them hats yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that's the thing adam we all have our reasons we all have our reasons yeah so you're adam you're saying no to chorus line going into room i'm saying i have to keep it out because i i just can't say goodbye to to uh all of the incredible songs that are in it okay okay yeah, no, I'm going to send it in, to be honest with you. Um, I was hoping after my impassioned plea, you were both going to jump on side, but it is two to one. It's going in. Sorry. You know, it, it's going in. <laughs> if anything, it just confused me and made me feel really defensive about it. It's <laughs> <laughs> leapt into yeah. battle on behalf of Chorus Line without really thinking I, it's I am out. sorry for going in so tough on Al DeLuca, by the way. <laughs> so, that's, that's a fair complaint. I accept that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think you have made a similar complaint in the past. I believe so. I believe in less vociferous terms, but yeah, a similar yeah. complaint. In fairness, that's pretty progressive because normally, mm. like, it would be a woman and her. Yeah, only that is true. Would be so and so's wife. So that you know, it is you know very progressive like that to be like his oh, his only function was to be her husband. But um, yeah, no, still not enough to say. <laughs> All right, <laughs> goodbye, a chorus line. Uh, Kiss today, goodbye. We, we huh? knew you so well. All right. <laughs> I love the drama of all this. This is excellent. Yeah. This is taking it out of me. I have to I have to say. I know I'm I'm emotionally <laughs> spent. I'm going for a lie down after this now. Anyway, I, that was invigorating though and it was for me at least therapeutic. Yeah, and so. I would love to hear, you know, some support for me in my quest against cowboys. So please do get in touch with us and tell these two that the cowboys need to go in the skip. Um. Yes, or tell us what you think should be going into the musical Room 101. Email us at theoddcast at oddtheatre.com or get in touch with us on Facebook or Instagram at theoddcast by Odd Theatre. All right, I think that just about wraps it up for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Don't be afraid to get in touch with us with your thoughts, comments, or questions. We'll be sure to feature them on the show. And... Do subscribe, follow, or add to your library to make sure that you don't miss any content or any episodes of the Oddcast. Until the next time, stay safe. Bye.